Okay, good morning, everybody. Hope everybody's well. Welcome back to the boost. Thursday morning, post holidays for those that are post holidays like I am. Welcome back to life. Holidays are an incredible time. But part of the joy, especially of the September, October, fall holiday season, is just the amount of them. You get lost in them like lost, like you forget the days, you forget what's going on. Um, for those who have this experience, it's, it's fascinating. You end, up, you end up going like holiday in a holiday, right? Like you don't know which meal you came from, which, which prayer you're saying. Like it's just, you're lost in this, it's, it's an alternative reality. So today's a very hard day for a lot of people. You come back and things come at you like emails and bills and life. And you're like, what? That's not how life works. You're supposed to wake up. You go pray, you go see your friends, you go eat, you see the family. Baruch Hashem. Thank God we're back and thank God all is well. Everybody had a great time. Whether you celebrated or didn't celebrate, whatever it is that you did, I hope it was wonderful. I want to pick up where we left off. And I spent a lot of time thinking about it over the holidays, you can imagine. This idea of energy, where we were before we left, is this concept that we're trying to grapple with. And it's a complicated concept of lots of different bits of information and wisdom because it's something that people have been grappling with for generations energy it's just has different forms uh, it's been used in different parts of the world with through different names but from the beginning of time people recognize that there's an intent there's an intangible something that drives the world and that's something when you tap into it can give you the the resources that you need to be accomplished in this world. And if you don't tap into it, you can be physically poised for everything but have nothing. And what we were doing before the break was we were trying to grapple with where the energy comes from and how to deal with it. What we were talking about is there's this crosswords, if you will, there's this border that separates the world outside us from the world inside us. And it's called our mind. Our mind is not us. Our soul is us. Our mind is the gatekeeper to us. And when our mind is being developed in a healthy way, it brings out the best in us. And when our mind is developed in an unhealthy way, it brings out the worst in us. You see this all the time with people. You'll look at somebody and you'll know from their life that they're not achieving their potential. And what are you going to tell them? Like, you try to say it, but they don't know what you're talking about. Because you see it, but they don't see it. Because in between them, so to speak, which is the real them, is their mind. So you see a person who is only achieving a fraction of what they can achieve, but they have the memories of feeling inadequate or going to a place and how they were treated or not getting the love that they needed or not getting the support that they needed. So in their brains, they've got all this stuff at the border, if you will. So when they think of themselves, when they see themselves, they don't see the same person that you see. Because you don't see all the stuff that they have to go through. You didn't see them growing up. You didn't see what they dealt with. You didn't see any of those things. 
All you see is what is what's in front of you right now. So you can look at somebody and see them so talented and so so capable or someone that has so much stuff and you look around at the rest of the world and you go, do you know how much you have? But they don't see that. What's happening is their brains, their minds were developed or have developed to create habits that if, if you really want to break, just block the energy. Block the ability, block the, the capacity to reach into themselves and pull something out that allows them to deal with what's in front of them. Has that ever happened to you? Did you ever see people like this? For sure when they're young, you see this all the time. But people that are older as well, you see them and they're going through something and you look at them and you go, you could totally dominate this, totally. Like, just do it, totally. And they look at you like, no, no, you don't know me. I can't. That's, if you will, remember we spoke, that's how, that's the, the energy, the, the oil coming up. But the, the pumps to put them in the gas in the car just aren't working. So the question is, how do we work on it? And that's what I want to start to, talking about for the next few days. I don't want to discuss the energies because we spoke, if you remember last time, last, it was like a year ago, about just measuring our own energies being aware of our own levels of energy, seeing where we're disempowered, being aware of it. Because one of the greatest, if you will, challenges is that it blindsides us. We don't know it when it happens to us. We sort of-ish know it, but because we're overwhelmed and disempowered, we don't know how to deal with it. I was reading over the past few weeks about this concept, it's fascinating how incapable we are in projection. Like we spoke about this on the show a few times, but I just want us to fully understand just how incapable we are to see the future and even to see the past. Like we really can only live in this one moment. And it's unbelievable if you really break it down. And I was reading this research about it and it was like unbelievable, like how bad we are at the future. We think we're good at the future. We think like we can see or we're terrible at it. How we're here. And when we try to be there while being here, we don't know how to do it. So that's what causes anxiety and worry and all the stuff that we go through when we think about tomorrow comes because we're planted in today, right? And the story that we told, if you remember the research we spoke about here, the, fall the fallacy of projection, I think that was the term. I don't remember exactly, but remember we spoke about it from the, if, the, if you're ever at a restaurant, I think we did it here. If you're at a restaurant, right? If, you're, if you remember being at a restaurant, Imagine rolling into the restaurant, starving, and someone else has got the bill, right? And you, you roll in, and, you're, and you haven't eaten all day. And someone's treating you and goes, you know what? Order whatever you want. So you order two appetizers, a main, two desserts, and you're starving. So you're like, I'm going to, maybe I should order more. You know what? Just leave the menu with me. Just leave it with me. Just, and the waiter's like, all right. 
You're two appetizers in, you're getting full, you're halfway through your main and you can't breathe. But you keep on eating because you ordered it. You can't admit that you're wrong, so you keep on plowing through it. This is the holiday, by the way. This is, this is, this is holiday season. <laughs> you go all in on the challah. And then, and then the soup, and next thing you know, you're like, you know, almost there. And then, and then the food starts coming out. You're going all the way. And then dessert comes out. You ain't stopping, no way. Forget if you can't breathe, you'll deal with that tomorrow. And the question is, how come you couldn't plan for that? I mean, you're sitting at a restaurant. Why couldn't you assumed that two appetizers and a full main later, you're going to be full. You don't eat this much during the week. What, how did you blow? How did you blow that? How did you not know that dessert was going to be you would be, be totally at capacity? And the answer is because you're really we're really bad at projection. Because when you're sitting hungry, you can't imagine yourself not hungry. This ever happened to you where you had a stomach ache? Does ever happen to you where you had like a stomach ache where maybe you overate or got for the virus or whatever it is? Does ever happen where you're like you ate the wrong food and the next day you're paying for it? And you're in the bathroom, let's say vomiting, whatever. And you're like, I'm never eating that food ever again. You ever had that? I'm never eating bad ever again. Never from now on. That's it. I'm drinking water all day. You ever have that? The minute it's done, the, the next day you feel better. It's if like it never happened. You're like, what? What? What virus? Nah, it's fine. Just give me, pass the whole tray over. What happened? Yesterday you were sitting around. Because wherever you are, your brain doesn't know how to go to another place. Never happens when like your kids or someone young and you ask you for advice, right? You were in high school and you remember that feeling of walking into the new building and you were like totally overwhelmed and trying to make friends and trying to fit in and the fear and talking to somebody new and all that stuff. And then like your, your kids like asking for advice, like, nah, it's fine. Just walk up to anybody and talk to them. Like, what's the big deal? Right? Like, or you studied like crazy. Ah, nothing. High school, it's a joke. Come on. I remember doing this with law school. Ah, please. One L. I killed myself. One L was like a year of hell. I remember like. Yes. Oh my gosh. Now someone's like one. I'm like, that's fun. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Oh my gosh. It's nothing. Just don't get overwhelmed and stressed. Trust me. It's not that big a deal. You're right. When I went through it, it was a big deal. How, I'm not lying. I don't know how to bring myself back into the moment of something in the past. So when I look back, either it was worse than I thought because of some of the memories or it was better than I thought than some of the memories, but I can't be there because my brain doesn't know how to go anywhere, but right here. So when I project into the future or when I project into the past, I'm not projecting properly because my brain doesn't know how to go back and feel the things that you need to feel to be in the room where you need to be in order to actually have a true, accurate reading of where you are. That's why journaling is so important. Because if you ever want to experience something again, you have to have done it. You have to have recorded it while you're doing it. And anyone here who journals, 
anyone who journals, you know, I'm talking like this morning, I was looking for, sometimes I carry around these little black books. I don't know if you've seen these before. These are awesome. So it just helps me like this morning, this morning, I, I picked up a new one and I looked at a journal entry that I made last April 13th, 12th and 13th. And I'm reading it and going like, I don't remember this. And I'm reading the scenario that I'm writing through because I was had to work through something in my mind. And I remember it, but I remember it so differently. I remember it being me being so much stronger. Like I got this. I remember dominating, if you will, that challenge. And now I'm back in the moment reading through what I was thinking. And I'm like, I don't remember it like that. Because how could I? I'm not there anymore. And so my brain doesn't pick up every single thing. My brain only picks up the things that connect to the narrative. So we have to understand that in order for us to be able to fully appreciate how to bring out our energy, there's no way you can read or understand somebody else because you can't be in their mind. You can't understand all that's going on that's bringing or blocking the energy. But we also have to understand that one of the greatest blocks to our energy is being anywhere else in the world, but right in front of you and thinking of anything else in the world, but trying to bring out the energy for that which is in front of us. There's nothing in the world that is, there's nothing we can do as sad as it is for us to say it, we are so limited as creatures. Like we are so ungodly in that way. Our brains live only in this moment. Our soul is internal and our soul is infinite, but our brains are not. And one of the greatest reasons why we sap our energy is because either we're trying to understand somebody else and we don't, either we take our own brains and our own lives and put it into the body of somebody else and go, why can't you do this? Because we're thinking of ourselves in their brains. I don't understand why you can't clean up. Why doesn't it bother you that this room is a wreck? Because that seven-year-old boy is not a 40-year-old mom. And seven-year-old boys do not care about the cleanliness of the room like a 40-year-old mom. But if she puts her 40-year-oldness into the seven-year-oldness, she has no idea why he'd want to torture her. And so she's frustrated by it, blocking her energy. Why can't you just step up? Why is this such a challenge for you? Why don't they see? Because they do not live in your world. It's hard enough for us to see 20 minutes from now when we're full. It's hard enough for us to see our own lives a year ago. We're going to be able to understand the entirety of someone else's mind 
as they deal with the scenario that we see only from our vantage point. The frustrations that we feel in the world comes from our own bias, our own inability to understand how little we can actually project and predict. Our own frustrations with trying to be able to control a world that we cannot control or really understand for that matter. You can be married to someone for 50 years. You don't fully understand them. You think you fully, you may be able to predict what they're going to do, but you can't fully understand why they're going to do it because you don't live in their heads. And it's frustrating for people. That's why, mar that's why marriage is so complicated because each side is trying to be able to understand why the other side isn't doing or is doing certain things because they don't understand. They live next to them for so long and they don't know why they can't fully grasp what's in the other person's mind. They can't project properly. You could raise the kid. That means it comes out of your body. And from the moment it comes out of your body, you basically haven't taken your eyes off it and not fully get it. And it's frustrating. And it saps our energy. Because the greatest way to sap your energy is to try to control the things you can't control. When you start to play the game you can't play, you lose the ability to play the game that you can play. When you want things that don't belong to you, you lose the things that do belong to you. It's one of the great concepts in spirituality. That's why if you notice something fascinating, in the Ten Commandments, there's actually a command that says, don't desire something that's not yours. Can you imagine? Do not covet. So one reason why I heard is because it's a spiritual rule. When you want something that doesn't belong to you, you lose the ability to have the things that do. God forbid. It's a big problem. When we want the things that we can't control, we lose the ability to do the things that we can control. And, yet, and then we end up with none. That's, forget spiritual consequence. That's beyond our abilities right now. It's beyond my knowledge and our knowledge to understand it. It's, it's, it's a powerful concept that rabbis greater than me have only given me crumbs on. You want someone else's house? You want someone else's life? Guess what? God forbid you could be blocking the stuff that's coming to your life, the good things. Not for now. I, don't, it's, I only have a little bit of the crumbs. But at least for this conversation. We start putting our energy and controlling someone else. You know what that does to our energy? It blocks our ability to bring it out ourselves. Because we can't. Not because we shouldn't. Because we can't. And the more we think we can the more we walk into our own rabbit hole that ends up in a space where we lose the ability to even know what we can and can't control. We can't control traffic. 
We can't control when the plane is going to take off off the tarmac. We can't control what is in the brain of somebody else. We can't even control what's in our own brains in 20 minutes. And it's hard because in our guts, and this is, by the way, the upcoming Torah portion, because now we're starting the new cycle, the entire, I mean, literally, we're going to, maybe we'll talk about it tomorrow. First Torah portion, Genesis, the core sin of man and woman comes because they ate, so to speak, not so to speak, they ate, but it's a very deep concept, what happened by eating from the the forbidden fruit. Well, guess what that forbidden fruit was? Guess what drove them towards the fruit? It wasn't because they were hungry. There was plenty to eat in the Garden of Eden. You know what drove them to the fruit? Was they wanted to be more than they were. They wanted to be God. And God goes, how about this? Why don't you stay in your lane and I'll stay in my lane and together we'll make stuff happen. Oh, you want to be me? Guess what? Now you lost being you. Because you had the Garden of Eden a minute ago. But you're trying to be me. You can't be me. And because you want to be me, you want stuff that you can't touch. Guess what? Now you lost even being you. That, so to speak, sin has never stopped. It's not Adam and Eve. It's me and you every single day and the rest of the world eating from the tree that we don't belong eating from. And the moment we say, wait, where should I eat from? Where could I eat from? Let me just stop with the whole world for a second. Let me just stop with the whole world. How about I start with myself? The moment that arrow gets pointed inwards, those channels of energy start to slowly open up again. All right, with God's help, we'll continue. It's great to be back with you. Missed you guys. All right, have a great day. With God's help, I can't wait to see you again tomorrow. Have a great day.